And three, two, one. Hello, my friends. Welcome back. This is part two of our Life Point Table Talk podcast, and we're still working through our Bible reading reflections. It's week nine or ten? We're on week nine. Week nine, okay. Week cool. nine. And we just did the first part, we did the New Testament reading, Mark. 6 through 10, and now we are going to do the Old Testament, which is Numbers 16 through 33. Um, it was quite a, quite a, seemed like a bigger reading this week. It did. Um, a little daunting. A little We're daunting. glad you guys are hanging in with us. So again, my name's Jason. I'm here with Brother Tyler. Hello. Brother, pastor, friend, Tyler. You can just call me Tyler. Or just Tyler. Let's call me T-Bone. T-Bone. <laughs> T-Bone in the house. All right. So let's jump in here, see if we can get to uh, through this 16 through 333. 333. All right. Number 16. Uh, we start out here. Uh, Jorah's Rebellion. Um. He conspires with 250 other prominent leaders. Yes, more drama. Yeah. He, he just thinks they, they would l- have learned by now. And the same kind of uh, uh, verbiage, it's the same deal, leadership. Yeah. They're wanting to be the, the yeah. leaders. And they're wanting to be the, the leader of the leaders. Yeah. And specifically because there's the Levites and there's the priesthood. Yeah. And they want the priesthood. I'm like, who are you? Who are you to be above us? Yeah, We're so, all meant to be a holy nation. Yeah, right. <laughs> and they say we are set apart by God too. Yeah. Isn't God with all of us? You're not greater than us. Um, and, and God's going to say, actually, they are. <laughs> right. I actually did call Aaron specifically for this role <laughs> and not you. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's amazing. Mm. There's got to be, I mean, there's some... This is like human nature 101 here. Yeah, they want the juice. They <laughs> they want the they want the, the power. The glory and the power. No, it is. And it's 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 amazing. Moses says, "You guys were given a special place already." Yeah. Which they were. They had are out of the 12, oh. they had already been picked. And I think there's so much to take from this passage in everyday life. With yeah. Whatever God's called you to do and gifted you to do, it's enough. Well, it's it's, it's your role. It's your yeah, and it's part this, to play. It's a theme that comes up over and over again all the way back to Genesis where mm-hmm. what what is the deal with Adam and Eve? They had everything. They had already been yeah. given a special place and they want more. Yeah. They want um, to be as as God, and then like they they again start complaining about you took us from Egypt, uh, land of milk and honey. Yeah, which is uh, so hilarious because our last us. last week our reading ended with the fact that they should have gone in. Yeah, they were poised to go in, and they said no. Right, it was their decision to not go into the the yum yum milk and honey that they're talking about here. Right. They're the ones that that defaulted and said no we're not going to do it we're like grasshoppers yeah in their eyes no way and so so it ends up transpiring into this um i don't even know what to call this the incense challenge incense challenge yeah Yeah. (laughs) the incense off um and that's the 250 right yeah yeah and so moses has them bring an offering of incense and aaron's going to bring an offering and, and I think this is 
very intentional because Aaron is allowed to do this. Yeah. That's the way God called it to be. And we saw earlier with his sons, they came with their incense way back in early chapters and numbers. Yeah, they came with incense the wrong way, not called, not appointed, mm. and they burned up as we're gonna right. see something very similar happening. Which is now. which is probably why it keeps coming they keep bringing it up. Yeah, like this is not how it works, yeah. guys. And so God tells Moses to get away so he can kill them all. Um, amazing. How many times has this been now? And again, Moses pleads for mercy for them. He intercedes again. Yeah. Um, so God, God says the leaders do need to be punished, uh, the actual ones who rebelled. Mm-hmm. So And the people with them. So Moses, it says... As either right while he's speaking or he's just done speaking and the ground opens up. Yeah, he has them go back to their tents and he tells the rest of Israel, get away, get away from their tents right now. (laughs) Yeah. Don't get near. And the ground swallows them up and their followers alive. And down, they went down alive to Sheol. So it's a little confusing, but then it says... (laughs) <laughs> then God burns up the rest of the 250. No. What, so were they in the, no, doing the, the incense thing? No, the 250 were the leaders. They were the ones in the incense challenge. Okay. They were the ones right there, just like Aaron's sons that went about it the wrong way and were burned up earlier. Okay. The rest of the, these are the, these are their peeps. Their followers. They get. This is them. They're the, I mean, it's, a, this is a massive deal. And we're going to see again with this plague. I mean, this is a huge, a huge bad incident. Yeah. And it's crazy because it, it kind of goes out of its way to to point out that they were alive when they went. Yeah, into they went the ground, down into Sheol. Like they're yelling alive. and stuff. And then the ground closed up over them. It's, it's like out of a movie. Brutal. And that also, we were talking before we started our podcast, there's like all these trying to explain away natural phenomenon for oh, this. Yeah, quicksand. Quicksand, sinkholes. But yeah. I mean, this the fact that it says that God closed it back up over them. Yeah. It's pretty intense. And then, yes, then the fire comes down and burns up to 250. Yeah. And then, immediately, it says Moses has to intercede again. The next day. Uh, let's see. They, <laughs> The next day, they have to deal with the, the people are mad that those people got killed. Yeah, and they blame Aaron and Moses. You killed yeah. them. Yeah. And so God sends a plague. And again, Moses pleads for mercy. I actually love this scene. I do it's too. It's amazing. Um, I it's one of those like in the last um, uh, part one we were talking about how these different situations God moves in different ways, like Jesus using saliva or whatever. Yeah. For in you, this then. one, it to stop it, he uses the incense, right? Yeah, which was tied to the day before. Yeah. The, the challenge. Yeah. And and he has Aaron run through where the people are with this incense, and that uh, purifies them to stop the plague. And this is this, uh, it. It gives this number here. This is like what you're talking about. This staggering amount of people. It says fourteen thousand seven hundred people died. Yeah, on top of the day before. His yeah, from this plague that uh, started because they were complaining. Um, just incredible you know i can just try to visualize aaron running running through with this big thing of incense and smoke coming out and amazing it seems like wherever he went it said the plague was checked yeah 
Stopped it. Amazing. So we get into 17, and um, this is Aaron's staff. Another challenge, right? Um, <clears throat> yeah, they're challenging them again. They're challenging them again. So God has all the leaders bring their staffs to the tabernacle so God can show who is the chosen leader. And Aaron's staff sprouts buds and blossoms and produces ripe almonds yes the best no ever. doubt there's no doubt about yeah. the winner <laughs> awesome yeah and um so they leave it there they yeah. leave his staff before the ark does that mean in it you think or uh, a lot of times of in the hebrew that it's the same language the before the ark and the ark it's okay kind of, they're kind of one and the same and this was as a warning to the people to remind them, yeah, who was uh, Aaron is God's who, choice. Yeah, he picked him, and um, it's interesting that people. It says at the end of the chapter here. It says they're crying and says we're doomed. Yeah, because everyone who comes close to the tabernacle dies. It's not the first time they've done this, too. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm sorry, I'm laughing. I just because it's it's true. I mean, everybody it seems like everybody who gets around. This this intense holiness, yeah, like, like it is like it's the whole purpose. literally life and death. Like you can't mess around. It's the with the whole this thing. purpose of the sacrificial system. Yeah, something's got to die. That's crazy. You can't. You cannot approach God's holiness as is. Yeah, you're not. You're not worthy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we get into eighteen. Uh, Let's see, Aaron and the tribe of Levi are responsible for the sacred duties. Um, and we I, talked about this last week. Yeah. Whenever something bad happens, like God's got to remind people how things work. Yeah, I think that's why it, some of this feels so repetitive. Mm -hmm. Like it's like the feels like the umpteenth time we've yeah. gone over Well, this. I was talking like, to our community pastor, Chick Sprout, yesterday, who was a teacher, and she says that's one of the biggest things about teaching is repetition. Mm. Like they mess up, God's got to remind them. Yeah, they got to repeat all the stuff again. This these Levitical roles are all reminded how they do offerings, how they do their gifts, yep. how they tithe to yep. support that priestly ministry. And then I love this too. Then it says that those who are tithed for they tithe on the tithe. Yeah, the tithe yeah. tithe. Yep, the blessed to be a blessing. Yeah, and there were there these payments were an acknowledgement of the enormous importance of the ministry of the tribe of Levi. Yeah. Because that tribe of Levi was representing the nation to God and God to the nation. That's a very important role. Yeah. And so 18 goes, goes through, breaks down a lot of these sacred duties again, mm -hmm. um, which a lot of them we've been over. Um, we get back into 19 here. It's more of this holiness Yeah, this ideal. one's interesting. It's... Um, I just I'm making notes here. The the specifics of it are kind of strange. It seems well, random. Well, but. and I wonder too. I'm, this is me just thinking out loud. This is not like a right. professional right, bibl right. biblical scholar. It's not me. We'll just, we'll allow it. I'm just I'm just the dude that loves the Bible and loves Jesus. But I almost I kind of wonder if this isn't here because there's been so much death recently, mm. like the fourteen thousand with the plague. 14,700 and the sons of Korah and their rebellion, those 250. And I don't even know the number of the camp people that got swallowed up. I don't right. think it says that number. No, it doesn't. So someone's got to deal with these dead bodies. 
Mm. That's a lot of dead bodies, and dead bodies make you unclean. That's true, because it does talk about that. And that's what the red heifer in chapter 19 is all about. Yeah, It's about this defilement of contact with the dead. Yeah. So I just personally, thinking out loud, wondering if that's been inserted here, because they got a lot of dead people around here. Yeah. we got to deal with this, and whoever helped with that, take care of that situation, they are very much unclean. Yeah. And so they've got this sacrifice with a cow and a and a stick and a branch and some yarn. It's got to be red or red heifer. Uh-huh. And uh, they make, they pour water in it, the ashes, and, and make this, I don't know what to call it, a, a brew of a, some sort. Water of cleansing. Yeah, and they dip the the branch in it and it in it uh purify it. That, that's a symbol symbol of mm-hmm. purification for people um let's see w- then so that's most of 19 there 20 yep. gets into uh, a situation where they don't have anything to drink again they're blaming moses they shouldn't have left egypt uh, God tells yeah. Moses to speak to the rock, and it'll bring out water. And Moses gets frustrated, yells at the people, and hits the rock twice, and water comes out. And so this incident right here, um, God says he's not happy, happy about how Moses uh, acted here. He told him to speak to the rock, and he hit it, and... Because of that, he is not allowed to lead them into the promised land. Mm. Um, so it's one of these situations, just reading through it, it's kind of quick and and like, yeah. what, what just happened? Why did... And Moses has been so faithful yeah. and always interceding for others, and all of a sudden he's exempt from this promise, right? the right. promised land, but... Yeah, there's a lot. It's a huge rabbit hole. Yeah. There's a lot of thoughts out there. I think, and I'm um, <clears throat> looking at a, a commentary by a guy named Gordon Wenham for mm-hmm. numbers. It's really good. It's a, it's kind of a smaller one commentary, which is easier to read. But it seems like it's sandwiched in between a lot of other chapters about just holiness and how to approach God and how to honor God. And it seems that there was something about the way Moses did what he did that was not honoring God in front of his people. And as a leader, he was required of more than them. and Even higher responsibility. And we'll see you in a a couple of chapters. In number 27, it actually, Numbers 27, it actually kind of spells it out. It says, for in the wilderness of Zin, during the strife of the congregation, you rebelled against my command to treat me as holy before their eyes. Yeah. So it's just something about the way he went about it. Like maybe made him look bad or maybe may look yeah. bad or, or cause he, cause I, it says in the passage too, he kind of did it. Like it was kind of spiteful too. He was, he was frustrated. He was yeah. kind of had it. Yeah. Who knows? Like modern days we call it kind of snark. Mm. Like it might've been this very much not holy way to go about it. Yeah. But there's a whole lot of speculation. Yeah. Here, this whole passage. So, um, let's see, where do we go from here? Edom, we're we talking about Edom. Yeah, Edom, and they they asked for permission to go through there. Right. 
and uh, I was reading too, it was kind of a, the reason why they were so nice to Edom is because they were part of the promises way back with Esau. That's that, that yeah, the people that awesome. resulted from Esau. So they treated them with respect. <laughs> yeah. Even though Edom is like, no, <laughs> you cannot army. come through here, you know? Yeah. But then after that, it's kind of a sweet moment, just kind of almost in a side is the death of Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, pretty cool how this, I don't know if cool is the right word, but uh, God tells them it's time. And Moses and Aaron and his son go up the mountain, uh, Mount Hor, and they take the priestly garments off of Aaron and put it on his son, and uh, Aaron dies. And I just imagine this, like, beautiful, almost pageantry. Yeah, I mean, big, Like, it was a big deal, like a a coronation, an ordination. Yeah, it it really is. This passing on to um, Eliezer, and um, the three go up and two come down. Two come down, yeah. And it says Israel mourned for thirty days. Yeah, that's a long time. Yeah. Um, so even though there was all this trouble, there was still a, a amount of respect and love toward toward yeah. Aaron, you know. And we get into twenty one here. Um, they're complaining again. Yeah, we've got Canaanite king attacking Israel. He takes some prisoners. Uh, Israel goes in and completely destroys them. Um, the people are start complaining again. They say they hate the manna. The same thing again. Why have you brought us to yeah. die in the wilderness? Yeah, we loathe this miserable food. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah, they they were having kind of a groundhog day there with the same yeah. food. And I think enough time has been removed from Egypt that they forget that that good food came with slavery. Yeah, right. Making bricks and and it's also these cruel we're, masters. We were talking about Je- how Jesus was saying he wasn't going to give him a sign. Mm. Um, how signs because they've already seen it signs and wonders must eventually become normalized you know they've literally got this uh miraculous food showing up and they hate it (laughs) so so the lord more or less says once again all right i'm gonna i'm gonna get rid of you yeah this time with some snakes yeah snakes on a plane yeah (laughs) The fiery serpents, man. It's he amazing. sends in the poisonous snakes, and it says many are bitten and die. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, let's see, do you, do you have a, in, some notes on this here? Oh yeah, this is kind of cool. Um, this is from that commentary by Gordon Wenham. I thought this was kind of applicable, especially since we've been talking about these sacrifices and we're going through Leviticus and Numbers and just seeing this overarching narrative. The way this worked, um, it's Moses intercedes again yeah. for these people. And this time, uh, commanded by the Lord, he makes a bronze serpent for them to look at. And it's a it's an amazing story and it's, and one we see fleshed out um explicitly in John three. Yeah. John three fourteen, just as Moses lifted the serpent, so will the Son of Man be lifted. Um, which is it's just amazing. I think that's what it says. 
But it says here in the um, commentary that animals are killed so that sinful men who deserve to die may live. The ashes of a dead heifer cleanse those who suffer from the impurity caused by death. In all of these rituals, there is an, an inversion. Normally, polluting substances or actions may, in a ritual context, have the opposite effect and serve to purify. In the case of the bronze serpent, these similar principles operate. Those inflamed and dying through the snake bites were restored to life by looking at a dead, reddish-colored snake. Hmm. So it's kind of cool. It's kind of like alluding to the sacrificial system. Yeah. It's all, you know, which is always how you approach God. Right. And it's, it's through this animal sacrifice. And so they had to have something on the fly because they were dying right then and there from these snake bites. Right. So he quickly fashions the serpent. They look at it and it says that they were healed. Yeah. And it's interesting. Um, some different, I, I, I like to read and I jump around different translations, how they, how they go through this and describe this incident. Um, they're pretty different, some of them. One of them says if they simply look at it, like, mm. you know, it's it's kind of easy. Some some say expectantly looking looking at yeah, it. Yeah, almost like you can't turn your gaze away. Yeah, and so it's interesting. And the, and the fact that, you know, Jesus references it, um, there's there's really a lot there. You could do it. You could we could do a whole uh, podcast just on, on that. this chapter. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's amazing. There's a lot there, and it was also um, I think looking at the serpent was also an act of faith. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and that's I think what Jesus was tying into. Right. And there's also another rabbit hole with like the snake on a staff, and we saw that with Pharaoh in Egypt and. They threw their st- uh, staffs down. They turned into lizard, monster, snake creature, whatever, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's just all this amazing continuity. Yeah. Fantastic. And so... And that takes us to 22... Actually, 22 through 24 is just one story. Yeah, so this is... Uh, what have we got? Balaam? Balaam and Balach. Balaam and Balach. Okay, so... So... Th- this is a big one too. Yeah. So the people around there, uh, the Amorite king, I, I believe I'm right here, mm-hmm. is they're scared of Israel, and so they they hire this guy, this prophet diviner, um, magician. I don't know what you want to call this guy, um, to come and curse them, and they pay him money for his divination, yeah. which they call. But it's fascinating because it, it's like saying this paying him for his divination but he's talking about how he listens to to god and um he he only does what god tells him and it seems to somewhat be accurate yeah and (laughs) it's going to end in 24 with this oracle that we quote all the time that's messianic yeah about a scepter and about this future messiah king i mean we're we're quoting what balaam received from god but at the same time he's not a good dude yeah later on throughout scripture whenever balaam is referenced it's almost always in the negative well the way they're describing him is not is not good you know diviner and that kind of thing yeah totally and that's was was a no-no yeah i we're watching a show on netflix called the last kingdom Mm mm-hmm and the main character's name's Uhtred. 
and you can't tell if he's it's set in like the 18 800s uh-huh 80 and you is is he a saxon is he a dane sometimes he's killing danes sometimes he's killing saxons whose side is he on you don't understand seems like he's being used of god for certain situations uh-huh. sometimes it's just he's this out of control guy out for his own uh-huh you know, wealth and fame and land. Yeah. And I were watching that and I saw this with, I think that's kind of how Balaam he was. He's kind of in between. He's just this dude, oh, hey man, whatever, yeah. you know, I'll do what's working. So, long story short, because it's, yeah, it's, it's three pretty chapters. long. He, they pay him a bunch of different times to curse, to curse him. It's, it's awesome. Yep. It's the best. He can't do it. He can't do it. <laughs> it's like he goes to do it <laughs> and a blessing comes out. And um, it's amazing. God comes to him and is telling him what to say, and it's always the exact opposite of what what uh, what Balak wants. Balak wants, and and one of the uh, wild scenes here is the donkey. Balaam's going along on his donkey to I forget he's going to. Yeah, some of they go to different places and it set up altars spots, yeah. and do this whole. And it says so he, he takes them up on spots so that you can see some of them, yeah, and then a little bit more of them. And then finally, he sees the entire group of Israel right. and their numbers. And so, his donkey won't go down the path. Balaam <laughs> keeps beating it, and because um, the donkey sees what he can't, he see the donkey is seeing an angel in the yeah. path with the oh, sword, yeah. and it says God opens the donkey's mouth. And the donkey starts talking. Um, <laughs> like thinking Shrek. Yeah, that's, a, I mean, it's pretty. The go-to. That's where my mind goes, the donkey mm. there. Uh, Eddie, Murphy, Eddie, Eddie Murphy is the voice, voice of the hey, Balaam's donkey. <laughs> Why are you hitting me? Yeah. Um, and, he, and that's what he says. And it's weird because the donkey says, why do I deserve this? And Balaam just starts talking back. Like, like it's, it's no no deal. Yeah, like yeah. it's totally normal. Well, listen here, talking donkey. <laughs> yeah, like it doesn't say he was scared or freaked out. He just he just like, cause you're not taking me where I want to go. You know, like he's they're like having an argument, and finally God opens his eyes as well, and he sees the angel with the sword, and basically the donkey saved his life by stopping and not going mm-hmm. that way. Yeah, um, which is wild. And so, let's see, how long does this go? Yeah, well, we can just kind of jump forward a little bit where he ends up in the third position on top of this mount, okay, looking yep. over all of Israel. And this last, this last time he goes to curse him and he ends up doing a long blessing, there's a part here, I don't have the whole thing, but it talks about, and this is awesome too, this verbiage, a star will rise from Jacob. Yeah, um, so good. Using star there again is piques my interest and it talks about a ruler with a scepter and um uh so there's different uh interpretations of that right from uh possibly david possibly jesus mm. um that this guy this character we're talking about is uh prophesying which yeah. i kind of love i i almost i like i like to think of my balaam yeah. As really this sleazy guy 
but God, but God can still use him. Uses him anyways no, to say I think one it of happens the all the time. Profound uh, prophecies. Yeah, stars shall come the, forth from Jacob; a scepter shall rise from Israel. Yeah, and so look, we'll keep moving here. But that that's that's a cool one to check out. And he doesn't get paid. Yeah, and he ends up. It's important too. He ends up on a um, top of what does it say here? Peor. If you announce uh, pronounce that correctly, Peor. But that's going to be exactly what happens in the next uh, the next scene. Okay. That ties in. So they, they mess up again. Okay. Yeah, they mess up. They're getting enticed by the women of Moab, and they get into eating and bowing and worshiping to these other gods. Mm. And yeah, because so, they join themselves to Baal or Baal of Peor. Mm, so it's yeah. right where they ended up with last with. And this is huge because this is the very beginning of a long history of Israelite men hooking up with non-Israelite women mm-hmm. to cause big, big, big problems. Yeah. And so God is mad, and he tells Moses they should all be killed in broad daylight. Um, in broad daylight. This is pretty intense, mm. explicit. And so do, while this is happening... Moses sees one of the people, one of his men, taking... Sneaking into a tent. With with one of the Midianite women. Not even sneaking. It was, kind of, it was actually the opposite. Yeah, like, I think was, it was just going on. and It was pretty much like, I don't care. And so it happens right in front of him, and he gets really mad. And this plague starts going through the, through the camp. And this guy, Phineas, mm. uh, grabs a spear story. and goes and runs in the tent. And he kills both of them. With the same spear. Same spear, right through them both. Right through them both, which suggests that they were in the act. Yeah. And so um, so this is like the, you know, this is the, the nitty-gritty of the, the Old Testament that sometimes, you know, we in popular culture don't get to see very much of, but uh, yeah. it's pretty... Violent and um, uh, gory, intense, the whole deal here. And so a plague had started through the, through the camp during this. And it says that when Phineas did this, when he killed, killed them, it stopped the plague. Yeah. And again, these numbers are like staggering. 24,000 people were killed before the plague stopped. Um, and it's amazing... I don't. It's it's hard for sometimes my modern brain to get around some of these situations. But Phineas' family is then given a covenant of peace, yeah, uh, from God and a permanent priesthood for his zeal for his house. Yeah, and it's interesting from that that moment on, Phineas was always the model of God's zeal. Mm. He was the model zealot, something to be aspired to. Right. The right. putting a spear through two human beings and into the ground was like the role model yeah. of Israel for being zealous for wow. God. Yeah, it's it's and, a, yeah, it's real. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, I always say if they if they would make a real movie, of, oh totally, of the, be the best <laughs> Old Testament, it would be like well, or at least R-rated. Well, and we talked about this last week in the early chapters of Numbers one through four. We never really noticed before that part of the priestly duties were these like 
intense bodyguard assassin mm. dudes. Yeah. Like they were part of their job was to keep this holiness intact. Yeah. And it involved things like this. Right. And so we go on to 26 here and I'll go briefly yeah, these, through these. These couple of chapters go quick. Again, it's like all over again. Like they keep having to start all over. Mm-hmm. So that again, they do another consensus. Yeah, they're counting all the people again. Um, What's cool though is that with this, you see that God's covenant promises are still on track. Like the numbers are still yeah. very similar, and they're still huge, blessed, bountiful people. Yeah. And they're going through now uh, inheritance disputes and things. I think because they're they're getting more. They're get well, they're also getting so close. Yeah, they're so close to. And, and they're they've got they've had some battles there, so they're actually getting stuff. They're getting stuff. They're, they're getting, getting loot. Um, and they're preparing for their entry. And so twenty eight, they they go again. Let's see. Uh, twenty seven. One really. Uh, Oh, duck commissions? Yeah, the Joshua commissioning is the big deal. Yeah, and so that's actually where... Because Moses, it's been, and he's been, God's also given Moses a little preview that you're going to die. He gets to go up and see it. You're going to die. The land, and it says you're going to go like Aaron. Yeah, Um, this is your time. Which is, it's still poetic. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is all no, and you know he beautifully Moses poetic, so and with Joshua there, and it, again this passing on. Oh, it's so of, powerful. Of the, the and, torch and, there. And speaking of that, with Moses too, is Joshua's commissioned that he is the man now, but yeah. it's not the same. Yeah, it says that um, he gave Moses gave Joshua some. He says, "Give him some of your authority," because mm. there will always only be one Moses. Wow. And God spoke to Moses face to face. But Joshua will speak to God through Eleazar. Oh, wow. So it's the same, but also very different. God revealed his will directly to Moses. I mean, on the mountain, in the midst of the right. fire and the thunder and the cloud. Yeah. But Joshua and Eleazar will they'll need the my favorite, the Urim and the Thummim, the magic glowing light oh dice, which is a whole even, other rabbit hole. I can't even get <laughs> I love it. But it's in Joshua, you'll, you'll see that's how they determine God's will is through these... Whatever they are, these dice that are on the breastplate of the pipe, the priest light up the light the light up light show dice <laughs> that that reveal God's will. But um, Moses, though, it was different. He got it directly from God. Yeah, that's a, that's amazing. Yeah, that's that that honor. And so, go go do a deep dive. What are they called? Umum, Ur- Urum, and Thumum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty wild. Some wild it theories is. there with that. Yeah. And so we keep going again. We're they they re go over all the offering instructions daily, mm-hmm. weekly, monthly, Passover, first fruits, twenty nine. They talk about trumpets, day of atonement, mm-hmm. feast of yeah. temporary shelters. I love that one. Yeah, it's because they're getting close tent, to the end. Day. They're forty years in the wilderness. Yeah. They're about to go. Yeah, so it's about like a, remember when you get in there. To Don't do forget this stuff. Yeah. Uh, they go over vows again, mm-hmm. vows for men, single women, married women. Yeah. Some practical stuff here. Yeah, practical, and I love it too. It's the 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 man part is cracks me up in this one too. It's so good. It's because the wife can make her own vow, mm-hmm. and if the the husband overhears it, he's got like a short window to say no. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it says if he overhears it and says nothing, then he is responsible for that vow as well. Oh, man. But he does have the right when she makes the vow to shut it down. Yeah. But only for a brief time. Fascinating. And so we get into, we're going to have to wrap it up here. The, yeah. Uh, 31. Um, yeah, this is a big one, though. This is the revenge on Midian. Right, right. Yeah, and this is Moses' last stand. Yeah. And it's the... Kings of Balaam. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is interesting, too, because Balaam dies in this battle. Right, yeah. Oh, this is even more intense. This yeah. This is the most intense. This is the one, this is one of those chapters where people check out yeah. of the Bible period because of the intense language and situation when it comes to the utter massacring of yeah, human it's beings. It's very brutal. Yeah. It's very so, matter of fact. So they have, so they go to war with the Midian king, and um, these are the people that the the Israelite men were getting caught up with and ended up serving these other gods and it caused a whole plague through the camp. And so they capture them, they defeat them and they bring um, the women and children. And he has all the boys and the non-virgin or yeah, non-virgin women killed all of them. Um, it's I I don't know. Yeah, it's intense, and this is where I wanted to read. I think we we can put a pin on chapter thirty one, and after reading this this um, comment that really helped me when I read it from this commentary, that helped explain this just intense reality of this widespread kind of violence. Yeah, and this is from Gordon Wenham one more time, <clears throat> and he says that he points out the fact that it was no different for Israel. For God's own people, Israel several times were threatened with extinction yeah. and divine judgment for its apostasy and was spared only through Moses' intercession. Moses, Aaron, Miriam, and all the older generation except for Joshua and Caleb were sentenced to die in the wilderness for their unbelief and for their sin. Plague and fire carried off many in spectacular fashion. The priests and Levites guarding the tabernacle were expected to slay those who encroached on it illicitly. Thus, the same principles governed judgment within Israel as well as among the nations. Right. All would perish for their sins, but for the grace of God. But Israel was punished first. Mm. Then it was the turn of the surrounding peoples and nations. And you see this in the New Testament. Even Paul, writing to Romans, says that... There will be tribulation and distress for every human who does evil, the Jew first and also to the Greek. So it's just part of God's holy, perfect, just nature that he can't abide by this sin and this what's not holy. Mm. And it applied to Israel first, and now they're going into this territory where we th- you think Israel messed up, you're going to a land now that is just rich with decadence and sin and child sacrifice and you name the unthinkable things that are going on. And so the same thing applies. Hmm. Same, still the same holy God. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's a, it, those, those, uh, these passages 
I, you know, they're, I don't, I don't always know. I don't feel like I, I, I always get a, a answer. No easy answer. Yeah. I mean, he's got to, he's like got to wrestle with help that. and something, you know, I don't, yeah. it's intense no matter way. And I think, and, but that, that is interesting. I, I really do appreciate that take to, to at least mark that, this has been happening the whole time. Yeah, it's know? nothing new. I don't new. know if that, you know, helps. Well, and we str- and we struggle with those passages with Israel Before, too. Yeah, right. Like with wow, God just like constantly wants to wipe these people out, <laughs> right? And Moses is like, no, I'm gonna remind you of your covenant promises. I'm gonna intercede. Yeah, and so, so after that. Um, gets us to 32 and it's kind of like almost like the spy story all over again you've got it's fascinating you've got these two two and a half tribes kind of ends up being a little bit of Manasseh too yeah but uh they decide they're not gonna go yeah they wanna, they're gonna reject the promise <laughs> yeah they've got their it says they have herds and things they yeah, don't want to do it they're super blessed they yeah. just want land to just and it's interesting he he lets it go yeah he says i'll tell you what you pledge you fight yeah and i think the um inference too is that they actually end up on the front lines if i read that correctly interesting they're in the front lines so they go do it and moses says all right yeah you'll fight with us then you can stay he gives them the realm of uh og the king of bashan Mm. (laughs) i love that yeah great names um and then 33 will will end here yep they do like a, a kind of a summary of all the travel, like, I thought felt like a history lesson. Yeah, like you're the one before you go in. One last, you know, reminder. We're getting to the we're getting to the close here. Yeah, it's very uh, a list, a, a detailed list of all their travels, which mm-hmm. is cool. I, I I appreciate it. And the um, yeah, it's kind of serves as a bit of an obituary for Moses as well. Yeah, he's 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 wrapping it up here. Yeah, and it says here that there were. It lists 40 encampments. Yeah. Which they were in the uh, wilderness for 40 years. Wow. And then and I think Aaron's honored one last time, right? Um, I think so. Is that 33? Yeah. And then it, it ends here, again, sort of coming attraction, ordering them to drive all the inhabitants out of what they're about to get. And if they don't, it's going to be a problem mm. for him. And, yep. um, and it will be a problem. Yeah. And it's, again, they attach it to destroy all their images and high places, um, which these other cultures were involved in um, some connection to these other deities. And uh, that's, where, that's where our reading ends this week. Anything else on there? No, that was a lot of ground to cover. Yeah, it was. We did, we did our bestest. And so we will end there, my friends. Um, awesome stuff, though. Um, uh, I know some of that is a bit tedious, but there's so much richness in there. And uh, yeah, hope you all are following along. And, and it's always pointing to Jesus. It's yeah. It's always pointing to center of our faith really makes it come alive yeah which is this reading is great you're getting both at uh, the same time there and so uh we will sign off with that thank you all for checking in with us 
Have a great week. Be blessed. And check in next week. All right. Peace. Peace.